0: Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Strongly Connected Components, episode 51, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. 3. On today's episode, I am joined by Scotty Isiri. To discuss his creation, The Digits, a really interesting and quite fun app and video series that is aimed at helping to teach people mathematics, of course. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Strongly Connected Components. I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and joining me on this episode, I have Scotty Isiri who is the creator of the digits and what are the digits I don't mean 0 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 of which I'm sure he would be very proud to have been the creator of but I think that's a little bit before anyone's time and instead it is a very very interesting and fun uh, game that is is trying to teach uh, people mathematics So, Scotty Isiri, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: It's an absolute pleasure to have you on here. So, I did did a very, very. What?
1: I did invent three and seven, but the rest of them I can't take credit for.
0: (laughs) I'm even more excited for this interview now. (laughs) Lots to talk about. So, I did a, a short little explanation there, but I'd much rather get this from your mouth instead. What? is slash are the digits
1: the digits is the greatest unknown rock band in the entire galaxy people of the universe my name is Potty.
0: and i am gorgolats archduke of planet conquering from the mighty planet
1: and i'm ray ray wake up
0: Sorry, I was up all night.
1: Mitch and and we, we are the
0: Digits. And check it out. We
1: found this flyer for the one and only Intergalactic Battle the Bands, and we're going to win it. Hey, there's a number here. You got to follow That's right!
0: So who's ready to rock?
1: Uh, it's a human, an alien, and a robot out to stop an evil record label executive who is using music to turn the galaxy stupid. So you can follow their adventures uh, both on our YouTube channel and uh, something we like to call an episode. It's live, live action video with an interactive layer on top of it. We tell you the story of the digits and you get to interact and play games, which change the outcome of the story. Now, all of these interactions and all of these games are designed to teach a math curriculum to older elementary school children.
0: I guess the question, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different apps and things out there that aim at that same uh, core group of users, as well as aiming at at teaching the same content. Why did you decide to uh, go with this weird, uh, weird in a, in a good way, mixture of both live action and kind of interactive video game world?
1: If you think about the way that human beings have learned things throughout our evolution, one of the key components has been storytelling. How do we know not to go over that ridge because that's where the ravenous buffalo live? Well, someone comes back and tells a story about the ravenous buffalo. The idea of using narrative to teach things has been sort of core to the human experience for the longest time. And we've lost some of that when it comes to STEM education, the science, technology, engineering, and math. Also, we have the new technology now to tell stories in new and interesting ways and also to use these stories to do cool stuff like teach math and and, and not just teach math, but get the kids to fall in love with it, to show them that math is cool and fun and beautiful and useful. It was a way for us to counteract the question, why do I need to learn this? That's a big concern in a lot of uh, educational spheres because individual kids have different learning styles and also different experiences. So if you're teaching someone a story problem that starts out with you know Johnny's mom has to has to pay the the dues of the country club it's 25 dollars a month or 10 dollars a visit how many times does she need to visit to etc. Cetera, et cetera. If you don't know what a country club is you've automatically got a block there. So we're bringing in the story and the narrative to sort of level that playing field to create an immediate relevance for the kids. Why do you need to learn fractions? Because if you don't, an asteroid's going to hit your ship and it's going to crash land you on an alien planet.
0: I mean, that, that is a good reason to learn fractions, uh, except, except for the, the students who are uh, of a more exploratory nature and would actually prefer to explore that alien planet.
1: Sure, indeed. And that's part of what we call a, a self-leveling narrative. You know, we want the the story to level itself to what the child is learning and what they're um what they're able to get out of the curriculum.
0: So when you put together something like this, what what different types of people do do you bring in to both make sure that, say, the live action is good and the math content is good and the game content is good? It seems like you'd need a a large variety of individuals.
1: Uh, Our company is a a Voltron machine of amazing people with amazing talents. Um, uh, Key to it is our curriculum designer and advisor. Her name is Marianne Smith. She's a 20 year veteran teacher. She has been in classrooms with kids. She knows great tips, tricks, shortcuts, ways to explain the curriculum in a way that is relevant to the kids and also sticky, ways to get to stick in their heads. Working with Man, uh, we have writers who create the stories and create the narratives around it, who also work with our game design team and our development team. So it's really much a big uh mix of these different talents all brought together. And and there's tensions there, certainly. You get uh, the the writers and the creative team that that are frustrated when they can't figure out quite how to wrestle a math concept into a story, and uh you get the curriculum people who are like, no, 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 you're You're too far into this laser battle here. You gotta, you gotta come back to the, um, to the geometry that we're explaining, and you got the developers and the game designers who, you know, the the story is getting in the way of the gameplay experience sometimes, and and so finding that perfect balance, that perfect mix of, interactivity, education, and narrative is, is one of the big challenges of what we do.
0: Hey, Strongly Connected Components listeners, this is Samuel Hansen popping in to remind you that AcmeScience.com is currently running a Kickstarter campaign in order to make Making podcasts my full-time job for the next year. So if you want a new Strongly Connected Components episode every other week for all of 2013, and then on the weeks there's not a Strongly Connected Components, it will be in Acme Science News Now as well as a new run of the hit mathematical podcast Relatively Prime. The only way to do it is by this Friday, the 14th of December 2012, head over to Kickstarter, search for Acme Science, and give some money. Because I love doing this, and I hope that you love listening, and I want to be able to keep getting you all the content, all the interesting interviews, all of the great mathematical stories that I can. So once again, go to Kickstarter, search for Acme Science, and send some money my way. And when you do, don't forget, there's all kinds of awesome reward levels from an official Acme Scientist pack to, you know, advertising, if you have a thing to advertise. So, support my Kickstarter, please. And thank you. Now, let's get back to this interview. The live action parts are wonderfully... Surreal, I I would say, uh, as you as you mentioned, it's a human being, an alien with the brain on the outside of a skull, and a robot. Uh, so <laughs> I was wondering what the kind of influences were to to make this world look uh, rather unlike what most uh, you know people try to aim at making. I mean, kind of this weird sort of realism and everything kind of aspect that a lot of uh, people seem to aim for today?
1: Well, they're uh, uh, artistically influences. Thank you. First of all, that's very kind of you to say. Artistically, the influences range from uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 to Flash Gordon, the the 1980s Flash Gordon movie with the Queen soundtrack.
0: Oh, that uh, soundtrack is amazing. I, I, I'm I, sorry to interrupt, but I love that. That's the Flash song, where it's just, Flash, ah. <laughs> Totally. There's
1: nothing wrong with Queen in that, in that soundtrack. Um, the
0: movie's terrible,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments. It has its moments. Brian Blessed as the Hawkman is one of my favorite. True. Um, true. Yeah. So it's a variety of... Uh, of uh, influences, it was really important to me that it, we did live action because it's real. You can come visit the Uncommon Denominator, that's the Digit Spaceship. You can meet Gorgalax. you can talk to Ray Ray. It has a, uh, it brings the humanity to the storytelling way that animation animation does in a very different style, but this is something very real. And we've um, had kids on the set and they've been able to meet the characters and you can just see their eyes open up and they realize, oh, this is a real world that we're building here. In terms of the characters, both in the, the way they look and who they are, we kind of design them with an idea of, of where kids are at developmentally and also different, different ways that kids learn. You have uh, Gorgolax, he's the one eyed alien, he's the former Archduke of Planet Conquering from Planet. <laughs> it's hard to say with a human tongue, of course. <laughs> You know, he's a very—he uh, likes to just dive in without thinking too much about it. He gets frustrated when there's something he doesn't know. There's uh, Pavi; she likes to she likes to dive into things without always thinking things all the way through. But she also likes to know, and she likes to learn more. She likes to get smarter. And then you have Ray Ray, who's—he's our scaredy cat. He's afraid. He um, uh—he doesn't like to stick his neck out. And those are all characteristics that certain kids have. As they're going through school are they afraid to raise their hand do they want to raise their hand and jump right into it do they want to take their time and think things through a little bit and having these characters mirror those behaviors i think gives kids a way to relate to them and to relate to the adventures as they're going through the same kind of crisis with not crisis but as they're going through the same kind of difficulties with their own math education
0: when you uh play the game the first, the first, when you say start it up on, I, I went through, I, I went through it on the iPad. When you start up the app on the iPad, you're asked uh, to have the uh, adult enter uh, in an email. So you're trying to tie together both the learning experience and and I'm assuming some sort of metrics for the adult here. So what would an adult expect to see from, you know, these reports that they'd be receiving on on the progress of their child?
1: There's a lot of apps out there that have a parent's section, right? You can log in, you can see statistics of how long your kid played or what they did and, and, uh, you know, the stats and and the charts and the graphs. I know parents are busy. I'm, a, I'll be a, I'm going to be a parent myself in, in next year, and I have nine nieces and nephews. And I know that it, it can be hard to monitor your child's media consumption and their education. So what we did with the email is as your, as your child gets to certain points in the game, we are tracking educational process. And we email the parent and say, "Here's how, here's how Samuel did in this challenge. Here's what he, here's what we're trying to teach him. Here's how he did. Uh, and most importantly, here's some quick talking points. Here's three things that you can bring up at the dinner table, um, on the way to school, at the grocery store. We want to find it, it's a way for parents to bring math into the kids' everyday life, and that's another way of adding relevance to them." If, Showing them that the things that they're learning in the game do have relevance in their everyday life as well, and it makes it really easy for parents to do it to to stay involved in that way
0: there's also seemed to be a a couple of shout outs to adults who might be going through the game uh with their child uh such as uh the name of the asteroid belt uh happened to be the black Flag asteroid belt
1: <laughs> well I'm a pucker okay. <laughs> I got to throw my mouth in where I can. You know, we have, uh, uh, we have a Danzig shout-out a little later in the season. And the style of the music is very much meant to not annoy parents, right? Um, every parent had the, you know, the barn. a lot of parents have the have the horror of the Barney years or, you know, the terror of Teletubby time. You know, I think parents are people, you know, pa- obviously parents are people too and good music is good music. So just like the thing, uh, we're showing kids that math can rock when I show parents that, that you know math can rock
0: as well and and we also have to be quite honest here it is the parents who probably own the credit cards that are going to pay for things
1: exactly exactly
0: uh, so the the part that i have gone through had to do with uh, learning fractions what uh, can people expect from the future of the digits um, we're we're spending
1: some time now to kind of refine what we've got right now. We got we've gotten some great feedback from the people that have downloaded and played with the app so far. The this is an inter- one of the most interesting things we found out was in terms of like creating a user experience for the kids. The less instructions there are, the happier they were. Every time we had a little pop up window that said, you know, touch here to slide the base slider down. That was, that was something that was in the way of their experience. So we took a lot of those out, and it's just meant to be played with. You meant to open it up, start touching, see what moves, see what changes. It's, it's a rudimentary science in that sense. And we also found that kids retain that a lot better. They retain the math better when, there's not, when they're not being walked through, um, walked through the games. Unfortunately, uh, we find some parents are getting a little lost <laughs> trying to get their way through. So we want to sort of refine both of those experiences so that the parent is involved- we can continue to involve the parent and make it easy for them to stay involved in the education, but also not not mess too much around with what the, what the with the with with the child's experience but,
0: Do you think that that this kind of method of instruction uh, of of using, Kind of, you know, apps and, and in your case, mixing in uh, narratives uh, with them is going to be something that that's really going to catch on and become a, a large part of the mathematical educational landscape.
1: Uh, I, I'd like to think so. I think you see the effects that Sesame Street has had in the last thirty years of being being a lot of children's first experience to a preschool curriculum and how Sesame Street has become a part of kids' lives in such a way that they seek out learning. There's a love for Sesame Street. And, and I think that creates a love for learning. But once kids are a little too old for Sesame Street, there's not, there's not a lot out there for them in terms of their educational. So I, I see it being, you know, it, we're never wanting to say that we're trying to replace Teachers or place a, you know, a strong one-on-one or you know, a, a strong classroom experience. But in terms of a way to make learning, you say you say the words make learning fun, and it sounds sort of trite. I, I, I think kids like to learn. I think kids like getting smarter. I I, I know with my the kids that I have in my life, one of the number one questions they they say to me is guess what, and, and they've learned something new and exciting, and to Put it in a storytelling world where they can feel that there's adventure behind it and excitement behind it, I think, is, is, is why we do what we do. In terms of the, the use of apps and the use of digital technology in education, I think um, there's a lot of companies out there that, are, that, are, that, that want to nail it. They're trying to figure out the best ways to take all these new tools that we have that are really quite young, you know, YouTube's only been around for seven years and the iPad's only been around for four, I think, four or five years. So we've had a lot of sort of world-changing technology and widespread world-changing technology in the last, in the last decade, and it's, a, it's an exciting time to be making stuff for it because you're, you, we all get to sort of together find out the best ways to use it to make the world a better place. And to play words. <laughs>
0: Well, I if anyone is interested in experiencing the digits, where would they go for it?
1: We are available wherever fine apps are sold in the Google Play Store and the iTunes Store, and it's free, so you can try it out and see how you like it before you um, before you uh, pay for the rest of it. We also have our YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun. We get great comments. Uh, comments on the YouTube channel emailed questions for people that want to ask the digits a question or help them out with their homework and really this is one of my favorite things about it because it's an entirely new way to to interact with an audience and to be a part of their lives and in a really um, in a really concrete way we had a six-year-old kid ask us a question he wanted clarification on how angles work and we were able to make a video and and post it up for him Last week's video there's a classroom in idaho that made a video for us they sent us a question for the digits of a story problem that they had that they um wanted us to answer for them so that to me is my it's my favorite way of sort of being in touch with with the people that are watching the show and playing playing the apps
0: Uh, i am very excited to watch this uh continue to grow and i had a lot of fun playing around with the app
1: Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. We'll be sending you Digits fan pack in the mail.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, that's that is exciting. Uh, Scott, Uh, thank you so much for coming on to Strongly Connected Components. Thank you for having me. I love the show. That is all the time we have for this episode of Strongly Connected Components. Once again, do not forget about the Acme Science Kickstarter. Because I want to be able to keep making these for you. And I need the help. If you want to know more about Scotty Asiri or the digits, please head on over to acmescience.com where you find links to everything. And you can also send me an email if you have any feedback or you perhaps want to suggest a guest that I should interview. That's Samuel at AcmeScience.com. The music on today's podcast is the song Pie by Hard and Firm and Sun Under Shadows by sb 12 we can find over at Opsound.org. And this podcast is As Always licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license, so you can take all of these words that I have said and recorded and edited together. You can remix it into whatever you want, as long as you share it in the same way and uh, you know give credit where credits due for the original content, because that's what a Creative Commons license is, and it's awesome and. If you don't know more about Creative Commons than that, head on over to creativecommons.org because they're great and I should probably say that more often. And that's about it for this outro. So I hope you come back and listen to the next episode of Strongly Connected Components.